fallen my lot to be your speaker this evening because of some changing around that we have done in the last couple weeks and I appreciate Frankie filling in for me last Sunday. Slowly but surely I'm getting a little bit better and I hope and pray that my ability to publicly speak will be getting much better because I have a little problem with uh, slurred speech a little bit and uh, I hope that you'll just not pay a lot of attention to that but focus on what we have to study together this evening. You know, I don't know too much about what goes on in your mind when the boys are standing in the pulpit and teaching. But I try to pay just as close attention as I possibly can to the words that are being spoken and the fellows in their ability to publicly speak say the things that will edify the congregation. Now I'll not guarantee you that I'll remember everything that's said, but uh, at least I try to be attentive and pay attention, and that's what I desire that you will do this evening. The lesson that I have chosen is sort of a, a dress rehearsal, and really that's what life is all about, is the obedience to the gospel, read God's word and try to assimilate that into our lives, try to be what it teaches, try to live like God would have us live for him. I try to appreciate and think about Jesus every day and all that he's done for me and for this old world. You know, it's hard for me to understand how that God in his infinite being that he is can love Saddam Hussein's soul as much as he loves mine. But you know, that's really true. He loves everybody's soul. And the reason why that we have this wonderful translation or God's word before us is because he wants us one day to come and be with him, just like it was in the very beginning. That's a very full plate, as it were, for us to try to learn and try to live but you know, we have a, this fixed amount of time. Some of us more years than others. Some of us live a long, long time. And some of us don't live quite so long. Uh, but you know, we really need to pay attention. And I've heard the boys, and one thing that stuck out in the lesson that Frankie was teaching about this morning, and I think that it really rings home, we just don't have the burning desire for God's word like he would like for us to have. Now, I've heard the boys teach recently about decisions. And I thought I'd just take that tonight and just try to enhance upon it uh, just a little bit and talk to you and remind you of some things that said over in God's word from the New Testament and from the Old Testament about some decisions that have been made in people's lives. Some good some not so good. And you know, I don't care who you are. You're going to make some good decisions and you're going to make some bad decisions. We all know that. But uh, heaven help us to decrease those bad decisions just as much as we possibly can. If I were to place a title upon this little outline that I have this evening, I would call it at the forks in the road. I want you to picture, if you would, for just a moment, a person traveling down a road, 
and all of a sudden he comes to a place where the road divides, there's a fork in the road. Well, first of all, in thinking about that, is he going to stop, sit down, and ponder right there forever what he's going to do? Or is he going to make a decision which way he's going to go, to the right or to the left? Well, the answer is rather obvious. He's going to make a decision, isn't he? One decision that an individual might make is for fear that he might go in the wrong direction, decides to turn around, do a 180, and go back where he came from. Another chooses one of the two and sets himself steadfastly in traveling down that road that he's chosen, and this is a person of decision. Now, there's nothing wrong with people making decisions, but how do we know what it is that we need to decide for ourselves in our Christian life? I maintain that there are evidences in God's word, teaching, examples of great and wonderful men and women that if we know about them and their lives and the history behind them, it can help us, incite us, to make the very best decisions for where we need to go. First of all, the young. The fact of choice is very, very important to a young person. Well, I just do not want to put added emphasis upon the young because the old, the middle-aged, all fall in the same category. But listen, talking about the young regarding whether or not we will serve the Lord, there are always choices that have to be made. Now then, let me say something to the parents. The parents who have decided to be marry, bring children into this world, need to make a decision that I am going to be the right person before that child, or maybe it's a good idea not to bring him into this world. You ever stop to think about that? Well, listen, there are always important choices that the young need to be made, and we as parents can influence them to possibly make the best decisions that they possibly can. For the older, the subject of choice may be as critical since many choices have already been made by us, but this lesson, I think, will serve as simply a rehearsal or, for a better term, a reminder that the choices we have made are, in fact, the right ones. And in making that statement, I don't mean to cancel out the fact that we shall not always make the right decision. Also, in making these right decisions, it will encourage us to abide in the choices that we have made when they are good and best for us and for our families and for the church. As we go through God's word, as we study scripture, we see many people who made the right choices. We can go in the Old Testament and we can talk about Joseph, Joshua, Elijah. We can turn to the New Testament. We can see men who have made good choices like the Apostle Paul. Now, how about his life before he changed or was converted? He made some bad choices. Peter, who followed closely to Jesus, made a couple very bad choices, but then in the end chose to seek and follow after God the way that God would have him do. 
Now, in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, listen with me while I read a few verses, beginning at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What do you think about when you read that verse? What do you really concentrate about and what does your mind's eye visualize when you read scripture here and in the Old Testament about the life of this individual? It's rather eye-opening, is it not, the decisions that he made. And I might, might remind you that he made this decision at a very early age, according to the number of years that he lived. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. You know, a lot of times when we teach, it's difficult to take these verses and apply them to modern day life that we live. In the context of what is written, we need to remember one thing. God said, if we will seek first the kingdom, Certain things will be given us, and that's the necessities of life. That alleviates wor uh, worry upon our part about how our families are going to eat tomorrow. How is it that we're going to pay our rental bill? And how is it we're going to our, clothe ourselves so that we're not naked? And you know, when we stop and think about decisions that this individual made and the enormity of what he gave up, it's just spectacular what took place. I want to use him for an example, and I want you to listen closely. And I'll not try to give you a lot of my own personal opinion about anything, but try to read things that we find in God's word, and you listen, and listen closely how it was that it affected this individual in his decision-making process. Moses at the forks in the road. When Moses reached... The fork in the road in his life's journey. This young man made a definite choice. What did he do when he made this substantial choice? One thing stands out in my mind. He revealed himself to be a man of decision. He decided that he was going to do something and he set his mind to it. And that we should reflect upon when we talk about being a member of the body of Christ today. There comes such a point in every person's life, decisions have to be made. Someone can't make them for us all the time. Decisions must be made between the flesh and the spirit. We have to decide whether we're going to serve God or Satan. We need to choose between God's people and Satan's people. And thank God, those of us that are here this evening have chosen God's people, God himself, and the spirit over the flesh. Now, let me ask you this. Do we want to serve ourselves? Do we want to fraternize our friends and make them happy? How about the nearest family member that we have, our mother or our father? Is it our purpose and our decision-making to make them happy and forsake God? What does the Bible say about that? Well, listen, 
Sometimes we even take it to an extreme. The way of least resistance is the way that we go. It's sort of like the raging river. The less resistance is where it flows. But let me tell you this. Do we want to serve these individuals or these things or our God of heaven? And that's a decision that we have to make, whether we're young or whether we're old. There are individuals in this congregation that have recently, and I'll not name names, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but they have decided it's best for them to be in the church and serving God. And you know what? If nothing else, that makes me stronger. That sees that the word of God is still working. It has the ability to touch the hearts of men and women and to save souls still. Endeavor, we don't need to quit. We don't need to let down. We need to keep striving to save the souls of men. You know, it matters not what successes that one may enjoy or what promises that the world can tell us that we can have if we'll seek it first and so on and forth. But listen, the choice of God must be made by us and we have to put him first. Now then, the Bible teaches, and I'm not giving you an opinion, that if we put anything before God, it's wrong. What do I mean when I say wrong? I mean it's sin. When we put recreation, I don't care what form you talk about, before God, the church, it's wrong. And we're so afraid anymore that we're going to hurt someone's feelings, we don't talk about it much. When we put our work, now listen, I know that there are certain requirements that are made today that we try to fulfill and, and uh, do that which is right to not only please our employers, but to try to provide for our families. How much do you need? Do you need enough to stop worshiping God and not follow after him first? I don't. And you don't. None of us do. Listen, I don't say this to make you mad. You know, I was talking to, I'm not mentioning a name here either, but I was talking to someone the other day, and it seems like that the more you say certain things to certain individuals, the more they turn a deaf ear. Be careful about that. Because, you know, Frankie made a point this morning, and I don't know if it went over your head or if you got it. But, you know, we don't have special blessings today that we hear God except from the light of what he's written to us. But let me tell you this. If I stand before you, Bob, Frank, any of the teachers, and read what it says, and it's right, it's coming straight from God. Just as if he is speaking in my ear. Now listen. When the Bible tells us that successes in this world, for a Christian standpoint, need to reach a saturation point. And when it goes beyond that, that God suffers without your presence, without your working for him in the vineyard, or whatever the case might be, myself included, we are not upholding a good decision for ourselves and our families. Anyone who does not decide for God is against God. Now listen, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30 plainly says that. If you're not for me, you're against me. Now, how far can I take that? Can I take it to an extreme? I don't think I have to because 
The thing of it is, if I'm not doing what God says in the very basics, the point is, I'm against him. You see, I'm working against him. Well, let us note some things that determine choice. Let me talk to you about the no's and the yeses, the do's and the don'ts, because they're all in God's word. There are always two elements in every decision that we make. Listen, there's the negative and then there's the positive, the refusal and the acceptance. Let's break this down now. The negative element, Moses said no to something. He said no. He made a decision and he meant it. Now, his refusal implies both strong temptation and keenness of being able to perceive what he's saying no to. You know, I don't know how your mind works, but I'm going to tell you, I've been slipped up on and I've made some very, very big mistakes before. And the thing that I can just simply tell you, it won't happen again. I'm here to tell you that. Those things that I made that was not a good decision, that was a great mistake, I can remember those things, and I don't have to do those anymore. And that's what it's all about. Listen, my perception is more aware and more keen now, and it was before I did that which was wrong. And I don't mean to say that you need to go out and do a bunch of things that's wrong so you can have a proper uh, perception. Of, that's not what I'm saying. Listen, Moses, while considering his course in life, Moses could have reasoned that God had determined that he was to remain in the house of Pharaoh since God placed him there to begin with. You see, our minds can reason in a way that is detrimental to us if we are not so very, very careful. And when we do that, we need to have something shake us, remind us, whether you get it from this pulpit or you get it from your own personal reading. Let's notice now the positive element. Moses did more than just say no. He said yes and identified himself with the people of God. That's a decision that you and I, every one of us, have to make. He refused to go one way in order that he might go another. What do you think was on his mind? Did he realize the consequences? Probably not to its fullest, but I think he really realized some of the consequences that was going to take place because right living does not consist solely of giving up evil things. Let me pursue that thought for a minute. When we take something out of our lives that is not pleasing to God, think about this for a minute. We must put something in its place. Otherwise, the devil will try to fill that word or that void. Listen, go in your Bibles over to Luke, the 11th chapter, and I want to share something there with you that's, that's written. <clears throat> Luke chapter 11. And begin at verse number 24. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest, and finding none, he saith, I will return into my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. You understand what's being said right here? Listen, 
When we remove something good from our lives, something will take its place, according to this verse of Scripture. We don't just merely stop serving sin, but we start serving God in order to replace that which is wrong. That's what we do. Now, go with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 6. And I want you to listen to the idea that's given to us right there. Romans chapter 6, and I believe we'll begin with verse number 11. <clears throat> Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in all in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, with those few verses in mind, drop down and notice with me verse number 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity and to iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. So that really sort of proves the point that I just stated. When taking something out of our lives, we need to put something that is pleasing to God to fulfill it. Otherwise, if we're not careful, we'll be as the hopeless addict looking for more and more and more drugs to sustain their habits. All right, great decisions now, as we think about this, are always costly. And I don't say this lightly. The negative side of this choice. In the case of Moses, there was much to give up. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Think of all the ramifications of all the great things that went along with this life. He gave up the highest social position that was in the land of Egypt that day. He did not want to be identified with the people of the world anymore. A tremendous decision that this young man made. You know, some parents, and I just mentioned this very casually, not spending a long time, but some parents have this in reverse. They want their children to be identified with the world, accepted into society so badly that they let their children be involved with almost everything in order that they might be pleasing to those peers that they find themselves found in. Often their children succeed in the things of this world. Great ball players, great whatever you might think about as far as sports go, great in the eyes of men, but what about God? Listen, these individuals usually fail, I say usually fail in spiritual things. No doubt Moses' decision brought disappointment to those who had given him his training, this wonderful position that he enjoyed, and the great and enormous opportunities that he had in his life. We know by reading the story that that's exactly right. We know that he gave up much because of it. Well, listen, he turned away from all of those things. He did not choose the temporary pleasures of sin. And let me tell you and caution you that the pleasures that fulfill the flesh are fleeting. 
They're not going to last very long. You think about your life and the brevity of it. We were talking outside this morning about when we were young, when we were about 12 or 13 years old, how that five years seemed like an eternity. Five years seems like about a week to me now. And those of you who are older know exactly what I'm talking about. Listen, temporary pleasure of sin is fleeting. We could have all of this fleshly desire well satisfied by keeping our position, our station in this world and looking to the encouragement and the excitement of our peers. Moses chose not to, and we choose not to this day too. All sinful pleasures are only temporary. They don't bring lasting happiness. They never have and they never will. They all will be destroyed with the world. Let me turn very hurriedly over to 1 John, the second chapter. And I believe there's a couple verses there that will support this. Verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, he lo- the love of the Father is not in him. Can you imagine us as Christians letting that fall upon our label? Is those things that we find in this world, recreation, jobs, whatever it is that becomes more important to us than the love of the Father, He's not in you. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Which do we want? What decision are we caring to make this day? Moses did not choose the treasures of Egypt. Egypt had vast, vast enormity of wealth in that day and time. And it could have all have been his. But you know what? It's clearly displayed by the excavations that are found in modern day times that this was a totally, totally extravagant society that Moses lived in. And he turned it all down. He decided that he would not do that. The cost of his choice is not to be measured only in what he gave up, but the choose suffering with the people of God is one that is actually should be looked upon by us and marveled at. He expected a life of hardship as a result of his choice. You can read that over in 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 12. The term reproach of Christ stands for any who unfairly or unjustly suffers. Peter talked about that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. Now, let me talk about how did Moses come to make this choice. And this is the positive side of his choice that we want to talk about for just a minute. His faith was the factor that motivated him. Never forget that. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, by faith, Moses... By faith, the other people that are listed there. But Moses' faith unlocked the treasures of God. What do I mean by that? Listen. He looked to the heavenly treasures rather than those things that are found upon this earth. You know, uh, that's, that's tough. I'm going to tell you right now. Knowing myself the way I do and knowing most of us the way you do, That's a tough decision sometimes. But listen, things of 
the sweet by and by is more vast and more wonderful and we need to keep that upon our minds all the days that we live. Heavenly treasure is better than anything that we find upon this earth. The gospel is God's statement of what spiritual blessing are ours when we make the choice of them. Now, I want to go over to 1 Peter, and I want to read something with you if you want to follow along. It's found in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who after kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Listen, with our ability to think, and some of us are quite good thinkers in this audience, you cannot think far enough to figure out how long eternity is. That's a guarantee. I just know that there's no, there's no watch, there's no clock, there's no time in eternity. It's as long as you want to think. That's just exactly how long it is. And that's the statement that God makes to us if we will persevere, make the right decisions, and remain faithful unto the end. We shall receive it all one day. Well, the gospel is God's statement of these spiritual blessings that we will receive if we remain faithful. In 2 Peter, and I believe it's chapter 2, uh, <clears throat> notice with me there, beginning at verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. In other words, they shall sway you. They will convince you. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, and I could go on and on and on. You see right there, that's exactly what we're talking about in making the right decisions, whether we're Christians and remain faithful like Moses chose to do, or just let it all go. Now... We can be hypocrites if we so desire to be. There's no one that's going to hold an ax over you. There's no one going to follow you around 24 hours a day and watch you every move that you make, but God does. And the thing that we need to be mindful of, that we as Moses had a very clear eye for distinguishing right from wrong. That's one of the reasons why he made a right decision in this particular case. Hebrews, the fifth chapter, verse number 14, talks plainly about that. He was able to understand the things of real value. Sometimes our decision-making is not the best because we don't realize how important what we're doing as compared to that things is spiritual, you see, is the point we're trying to make. But listen, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1, 
the Apostle Paul said to us this very thing, that we need to understand the real value of eternal things. Moses knew that the pleasures and gains of this world are only temporary. Luke talked about that in chapter 12, verses 19 through 20. He set his heart on things above rather than things on this earth. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3. He anticipated, get this now, in his mind, he anticipated the coming reward and accepted whatever labor and hardship necessary to obtain it. And that's what we have to do today. Listen, many years ago, and I could cite you the example. I've been through it before. I'll not rehearse it. But I had to make a decision in my job whether I'm going to go and be a member of this congregation and be faithful to God or succeed in that work. And that was not an easy thing to do. I was young. I was trying to do the very best I could. And it almost, almost drug me down. There are certain things in this world, brethren, that Christians need to refrain and stay away from because we can't do them. Our jobs is so important. I know it is, but there are pressures that put upon us by employers sometimes that we just have to walk away from it. We cannot work for people that demand certain things, and that's not attending the Lord's service on Sunday, and so on and so forth. Listen, in conclusion this evening, what was the outcome of Moses' decision? His decision developed him into one of the greatest Bible characters that we've ever known, ever read about, ever talked about, ever studied about. Over in Exodus chapter 34, read that sometime. Verses 29 through 33 is pretty eye-revealing about the things that this man did. His face shone, not because he was viewing gold, silver, and the pleasures of his life, but because he had communed with God on the mountain. He had seen the hinder side or the backside of God. Look at Paul's point on this in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses 12 through 18. The reading's a little bit lengthy, but I'll let you read that, if you will, in the course of your own study. Moses' decision enabled him to render a great service to the people of God and gave us a tremendous example of what we are to be like and follow after in this old world. From Hebrews 11, the great men, the great women that are listed there of faith contributed much to all of the faithful today who can read and know what it is to make decisions that are firm and good and best for our lives and our family and for the church. Moses' decision enabled him to reach heaven one day. You remember that standing by Moses in Egypt? Standing by Moses there, he was indeed choosing God rather than this old world. In conclusion, let me ask you some questions. Is your decision in life today the very best for the church and for yourself and for your family? Will we identify ourselves with the people of the world or the people of God? Will we enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season or will we enjoy the pleasures of righteousness one day throughout eternity? Will we, by our actions, reap the eternal destruction of the soul and will be rewarded eternal life? You know, we can go through this life a deaf mute and never say a word, but because of our actions, reveal ourselves so openly.
We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.